0: Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Nicole Alfonso, a Wellspring therapist and the host of today's show about why support the cause of mental health. With me today to discuss this topic is the president of Wellspring and co-founder Tova Kreps and a therapist with us, Eric Williams. Together we're going to discuss why mental health matters and how someone can support the cause of mental health. So let's get right to it. about why are we doing this show about supporting mental health? Why is this important for our listeners to know?
1: Well, I think mental health is very misunderstood still uh, in our society. There's a lot of stigma still around it. It's like, why am I paying for to just have someone listen to me? Or, you know, kind of that mystique of they just sit there and they never say anything. So why would I pay for that? Versus there being real medical skills and best practices that actually change people's lives. I, I think even when you talk about the medical view of it, you know, people wonder, well, if it's medical, why doesn't insurance just pay for it? And why is it so expensive to provide um, some of these things, just the, the money and the numbers of, of mental health?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've um, never really thought about preparing people to handle hard things in life. It's just like you just go through life thinking, I'll just make it happen, right? And and not like equipping, right, with skills and tools. And, and that is valuable, right? You know,
1: I'm gonna just share real quickly because I had a phone call yesterday from somebody who has been a client with us for about six months. And she has had different therapists for different family members. She's also done different programs. And she called to give me a testimony yesterday. Like she said, I never knew that you could learn things to change your mental health. Like that the bad things that had happened were just always there. They were always going to be a hindrance that she said, I had no idea there was a skill set. And then she, I just have to brag because she went on and on. She said, I've had six different therapists she goes the first one I thought I just lucked into a really great therapist she said but then other family members went to other ones and so far they've gone through six different people during different programs and she said they're all the same they're all wonderful the next one is just as good as the last one somehow you have a brand somehow you have something really happening here and but that whole idea that mental health services counseling can actually change people's lives um, and that there are skill sets involved in that, um, that we can learn and we can grow is, it's, is why we're here.
0: Yes. Thank you, Tova, for sharing that, because sometimes as therapists, we're like, you know, um, are people benefiting, right? And I know we'll get to, to, to those numbers, but I love that, that somebody's called you and said, this is awesome. You guys have great people working and doing good work. So thanks. I said,
1: can I record you? This was the best yeah. testimony and the most encouragement I've heard in ages. It was just so lovely. And she says, yeah, yeah, I'll help you. I'll write it down or something. So
0: thank you for sharing that with, with our listeners. Now, Eric, I know mental health is important for you on a personal level. So tell us about that. Why does it matter to you?
2: Well, uh, my daughter had a birth defect and she's had multiple surgeries and it was after the one she had in elementary school, she was just emotionally impacted and was resentful and just angry. And so she attended uh, a program we have called Bounce and it really normalized what she went through. It helped her to see that other people go through hard things too. And it really gave her a theology of how to deal with trauma. And so for me personally, for my family, we benefited from that. And And I think secondarily, like we're in a time when I think we realize the effects of that health. In COVID, in the quarantine, mm-hmm. you know, one statistic I saw that half the people, their, in, their emotional health is impacted due to COVID. And so it's a reality. And I think Absolutely. Wellspring uh, our organization has things to offer and help people, um, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your kids, um, on a lot of fronts, and I've experienced it firsthand.
0: And to that point, Eric, I think because we've all struggled through this pandemic, Um, It has de-stigmatized receiving mental health services to a point, which means many more people are wanting services, right? Reaching out for services. Mm -hmm. And so that brings us to the topic of insurance coverage, right? And Tova, you (laughs) mentioned health insurance. Let's talk about that first. How is mental health different than other health issues for insurance?
1: Yeah, um, it's supposed to be the same. it, it is a health issue. It is in the medical realm um, and it's supposed to be the same, but the truth is um, statistically speaking, it still, they still weigh under reimburse uh, less than what it costs us to provide it. And so that, this is re- the short answer is insurance pays us less than it costs to provide and we have more administrative burden to do it. So that what's happened in our industry is 30% of psychiatrists, psychologists, and therapists take no Uh, take insurance so that means you know two-thirds of us don't take it because it's just complicated and expensive and not worth it and stressful it it really is a sad state of affairs because like you said a minute ago people are coming for services more than ever so we we are up at wellspring 37 percent from pre-pandemic numbers in terms of sessions it's it's like a huge leap for a one-year change one and a half year change um but insurance just really under reimburses and makes it complicated. It's hard.
2: Um, You know, I think in addition to insurance, um, a lot of times when you have insurance, it's not really covered in in network, it's out of network, which means you have a high deductible. And so you can have a number of sessions before you even touch your insurance coverage. Uh, In addition to that, um, sometimes you come in for just counsel. Sometimes it's career counseling or marriage counseling. And, and there's really not a true diagnosis. So then there's an the ethical dilemma. It's like they're not depressed. And so how is that covered? If it's just career counseling, is that really covered under um, insurance? So then there's, you put the therapist in a position that you're diagnosing them with something they may or may not need. And it depends on the organization. Uh, there's a lot of organizations have no problems diagnosing based on getting better insurance payments and so but that's something that at wellspring that we have high integrity we don't want to do that
0: so we have some limits in that area too right we right. have limits on yeah and we're ethical so we're not going to say something that is not true
1: and the, the client comes with the expectation that mental health is covered so they think counseling is covered versus mental illness is covered, you got to prove you have a mental illness. And so I think there's a, you know, just expectations issues there and frustrations, you know, um, the mental health providers are paid 20% less than other primary care providers. So the industry itself just has not stepped up yet, even though there is twice now we've had this uh, mental health Parity Act that was legislation that says mental health benefits should be the same as medical um, and surgery benefits. They've done a new one in 21 called the Consolidation Appropriations Act, adding documentation to require um, for insurers that they have to prove why they're not doing it. But, but all that just adds paperwork for the clinicians. And so uh, again, I we just haven't equalized in society on it. But the but people are coming and wanting the help that, that does make a difference now.
0: And the truth is that mental health is not a lucrative business, right? Large agencies, <laughs> hospitals, they're not providing it because it does not make money.
1: Right, the, the big hospital systems do not have outpatient mental health services. They'll do inpatient residential or rehab or things like that because it's a hospital stay. But the outpatient mental health loses money, they just won't touch it at all. And that what happens then is it pushes our industry to have solo providers because so really, we have a whole bunch of individual practitioners out there. It's the only way you can make any money despite your degrees and your all the work you put into becoming uh, a practitioner. So what happens is everyone's out there all by themselves. And for the client, it's terrible. They have they don't have a brand to trust to go to. You can't go to a Baptist Health because, you know what I mean? They don't have it. So so they're left potluck. I, I found one and, you know, I had to go through three to find a good one. A lot of people aren't patient enough to try. They go to one and they say that didn't work and they quit. Because how do they know if it's got real quality that they need and um but the practitioners are, are stuck they have to kind of solo practice in order to make ends meet with it
0: and we're trying it as an organization right as a big growing organization um to provide this these services but stay afloat right so let s- s- keep working keep keep you know doing doing what we do which is a hard a hard thing to, to manage because of all these things so obviously mental health has certainly lost a lot of its stigma where we're in a way we're grateful for that because we do believe that everybody right should at some point or another get some help because we all have hard things happen in our lives nobody mm-hmm. is um uh, abstained from that right or so um you know we're glad also for people in the lamplight right like recent people like um simon biles and, and prince harry who had openly spoken about I do, you know, my therapy work and um, I've had to do it and it's really good, right? It's been super helpful. EMDR, Prince Harry giving us that EMDR um, boost <laughs> there. So let's talk about the actual value of therapy. Um, how is it really just not talking? It's not just talking and listening, right? It, there's much more to it. And there's actually research that shows that it does work.
2: Um, yeah, there's a lot of research with that. Um- one, one study uh, shows they, they surveyed 2,400 people and 50% uh, of the people showed great results in two months and then um, 75% after six months. I think sometimes we have this expectation that I'll just go a couple of times. And the reality is sometimes if it's uh, been going on for years, if it's more of a, a long-term addiction, you just need more time for it to work out. And we've seen that Sometimes if it's complicated in the course of a year, they really do show improvement in different areas. And so, yes, it is a fair amount of listening. But what's amazing is that therapists are really good listeners. I had a good friend of mine that went <laughs> through a divorce and he says, nobody would listen to me. They were just telling negative things to say about his ex-wife. And it really didn't help. And he's like, Eric, you're like one of the few people that know how to listen. And so you're not just dealing with people that listen well. They know what to do about it and they've seen patterns of behavior and how what's worked in other people. Don't you wanna to talk to somebody that's seen things work? I mean, it's, it's really important to see somebody that's helped other people through something.
1: I like your comments about the longer you stay in, the better it is. We, we do some of our own statistics at Wellspring and there's an absolute direct correlation for the people who see improvement in whatever they came to therapy for, uh, right now we have 89% who see improvement and what they came in for therapy for, um, which is just a really great statistic. But if you take out the ones who only stayed for a few sessions, that number is even higher because there's a great correlation. The longer you stay in, the more likely you are to really, uh, see the improvement. But I think it's about the commitment of the client to do the work, to make the changes, to actually not just come and dump, but to say, what do what do I need to change in my life or my thinking or my healing or my skill sets or my my go to uh, soothing things I do, you know, my my behaviors. So they begin to work on one at a time. It takes a little bit of time to change patterns and habits and of ways of thinking and behaving. So uh, I, I like that, that it is successful. And the more you commit to it, the, the more success you'll you'll find. So, you know, as long as we're talking about our statistics, I, I want to tell you a couple other fun things out of it. So 89% of our people have improvement in what they came for, but listen to some of the other things that changed in their lives. We, our goal is transformational change, but so 89% also have a better improvement in their ability to manage their emotions. 79% have better relationships with their family or significant others. 76% improved in their physical health and self care. 85% had a reduction in stress management, and 91% said they had an improvement in their overall quality of mental health. That's just exciting. You know, that's just our own client surveys. And I know it's true across the industry. It's not just at Wellspring, but it, because there are really best practices that make changes in people's lives. That's amazing.
0: Wow, those are amazing statistics. Those are awesome. Thank you for sharing. We're doing really good work. So we're going to go ahead and take a short break to thank one of our sponsors who makes the production of our podcast possible. When we come back, we'll hear more about the many ways to help pay for therapy. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. And this is Nicole, your host today. If you're just joining our show, our topic today has been about why do we support the cause of mental health? If you joined us late, you can find us on our favorite podcast channel on Wellspring on the Air or on our website blog page at wellspringmiami.org. Just search for this topic. So far today, we've talked about the um, complications as far as providing services and having the resources to continue providing services for our communities, okay? And so I want to continue on by asking, why is counseling so expensive to provide?
2: So, well, part of the expense is that you're dealing with therapists with advanced degrees and advanced training. They also have specialized training for different things like addictions or marriage or or trauma training. And so um, in addition, there's supervision. So therapists aren't just getting a license or passing a test. There's actually supervising. They're actually under supervision for a number of years. And then even after they've got their license at Wellspring, they have other therapists that that mentor them and and ask questions. So part of the expense is just the education and supervision and the expertise in different fields.
1: Yeah, therapists, I, I used to laugh at myself. I thought for the same amount of training, I could have gotten a law degree <laughs> and maybe made a lot more money. Not maybe, I'm sure I would have, you know, and so I, I think as a whole, they're, Overeducated educated and under-reimbursed in terms of proportionate to that education. And so, yeah, we want to pay our therapists so they stay in the field and love their work and, and are experts at it. But from an administrative standpoint, Nicole, uh, there are also a lot of other expenses people don't even realize. So um, we have all these HIPAA guidelines. And so we have to have an electronic medical record platform. And just that platform, every time we add a therapist to it is $3,000. I mean, just off the top. You know, so people are like, well, it's telehealth, so you're not paying for an office, so you should be so much less expensive. We are paying for an office. It's a telehealth office that we have to pay for that, you know, make sure everything is HIPAA compliant and all of these things. All of our technology has to be HIPAA compliant, all these details. We have to pay for liability insurance. Even our board has to have insurance because we're a nonprofit. You know, um, we have overhead administration who corrals our therapists together who motivates and cheers them on and make sure they get the training they need and, and keep up with them. And so they're and then of course, billing is, is, uh, its own nightmare to manage and an expense. So it really costs the same as it does any other medical practice.
0: Yeah. It's running an organization and every aspect of it. I'm glad you said that Mm -hmm. because I think oftentimes we don't understand that there's so much more that goes into running an organization. Now, um, who should pay for mental health services?
2: Well, that's a good question. I think what we've seen is that when people are investing financially in their own mental health, then they respect the process more. Then they're more likely to show up for appointments and more likely to do the homework. And so they just need some skin in their game to value it. Um, And so that's it doesn't mean that they can always afford the full cost of it. That it gives them some incentive to realize the cost. And then they just appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So the person themselves needs to
1: be, I want this for me. Right.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of the reasons I set up Wellspring is that before that I had worked on staff at a church and the therapy was free. And um, what I realized is there were people who came over and over, but didn't do the work. It just became like a, a, an extra friend for free and other people, and they'd miss appointments cause they, you know, there was no fee charged for canceling or things like that. So I really do profoundly believe that people need to have skin in the game as Eric, as you put it, uh, we need to invest in our own therapy, financially usually helps us feel more invested. And so I think philosophically at Wellspring, that is something we always say. Everyone needs to pay something, maybe $5 for someone who's homeless or $2, but we're they're going to do something that shows their commitment. Philosophically, the other group of people I think should help support mental health are the stakeholders in someone's life. And so I think we don't sometimes we put it all on the individual. And the truth is some of us should be invested in our friends, in our family in our church, fellow church members, in our employees. Um, And there are some people who really do that, but um, family members, you know, it's really okay for family members to support someone in the family financially in order to do this. Uh, I have supported a few family members and, you know, (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Because I'm deeply invested in them being well and healthy and, and making our family gatherings more pleasant, you know, and and it, it's important. And, and I think employers, we do have some companies that support some of their employees uh, because they value mental health and they want to keep their people healthy. Um, and I think that's an honorable and an appropriate thing to do. Uh, we have churches that sponsor people. Um, you know, one dysfunctional church member can really cause problems in a church, you know, one person who's really off. And so recognizing as a church, we're a community, and we need to be a healthy community in order to, to do kingdom work. And we can't be healthy unless all of our members are healthy as individuals. And so there are churches who support uh, and our stakeholders also in other people's mental health.
0: Yes. So I want to say something here because a couple of years ago, my husband and I had a conversation as a mental health counselor. You know, we were having a conversation about how he could offer it for his um, team because he has a small firm. And um, we, we, he got to a place where he's like, you know what, I'm going to give them a $2,000 stipend a year to get mental health services. And guess what? They are a healthy company they're a healthy people working together, right? And I love that that, that he's doing that. that that's just a, a really like big deal, I think, to, because you're more effective, productive, you can work together as a team better. I mean, there's so many benefits to when you're working with someone that's healthy,
1: right? Oh, that is so beautiful. I know of a church that does that, that gives all of their staff a stipend and it's really added to their salary, but they don't get it unless they use it. So they just have to turn in the receipts and it's, and it's paid for. But they get to go to anyone they want, anywhere they want. But it, it's a sign. It sounds like your husband's doing something similar. So what a beautiful thing in valuing the health of our employees. That's great.
0: Awesome. So what happens if someone can't afford counseling?
1: Well, one of the w- missions of Wellspring is to make uh, our services financially accessible for clients. So Um, that we are a nonprofit. We're not out here to to make money. We're out here to help people get services. And so we work really, really hard to find ways one person at a time to help make sure they can get therapy.
0: So how does Wellspring do that? Like practically, how does Wellspring uh, help clients to pay for services?
1: All right, so we do a variety of things. One of the things we do is apply for grants. So some of our grants are geographic, in other words, by where the person lives, they have to have financial needs, but it's related to where they live. So for instance, Ocean Reef Community Foundation is for homestead and the keys and for people who have financial needs there and they are very generous um, in terms of giving us some money to help support those people who live in that area.
2: And then you have the Key Game Foundation and the Coral Gables Community Foundation which really provides services for people in those areas and you know you might be surprised that uh that people have financial needs but all areas have people with financial needs and so they value it and um I think those communities can do better for it and so that, it's a great um those are some great organizations
1: and I, I think it goes back to them being stakeholders in the mental health of their community Healthy people make for a healthy community, um, and so they are actually stakeholders in their region, in their community. Uh, we also pr- apply for grants that are specific to a program or to a population. So. Uh, we have a Miami-Dade County grant for our BOUNCE program, that which is for traumatized youth. And that provides that program for free for anyone, any youth living in Miami-Dade. And uh, Nicole, you're the director of that program. So I should let you cheer that on, but it's a great program. Uh, we also, for instance, uh, I got a little grant this year for running a pilot on for working With equine therapy and foster youth. So we'll be doing that next year. So that's like a specific grant for a specific population or a specific modality. And we have a few others of those. They help us launch programs or sustain programs. And and it's great. So that's one of the things we do to reduce it is uh, apply for grants.
0: So uh, other ways that we do help our clients is by hosting fundraising events. And we have two coming up when it is called friendsgiving and that is going to be on november 13th i'll be hosting both of these events and friendsgiving is going to be um, a gathering that we have that will and we'll have a talk about internal beauty and so it's an event for us to fundraise specifically for our youth Um, and of course then we have give miami day and give miami day is november 18th this is a day for all organizations non nonprofit organizations in miami and it's an opportunity for all of us to um, receive funds for whatever needs each organization has. Of course, as a non for profit organization, we need to sustain our services and everything we provide to our, our clients. So this is a huge day. Um, we have you know we have a goal that we want to meet during that day, and we we invite you to have Wellspring be your Give Miami Day Foundation. Um, Because like we mentioned before, there are so many people in our community that need our services and we want to be able to say yes to everyone. We don't want to have to um, not provide services. Um, So we have this financial aid fund that uh, if it has money, then we could be able to um, support anybody that comes for services to us.
1: Well, I'm excited about those days coming up. I'm excited, Nicole, that you're going to be uh, hosting those for us. And this is even this podcast is part of us launching that and letting people know that there are good reasons to support mental health. Um, another thing that we do, we've already talked about it briefly, is that we facilitate sponsorships. So we work on our end to make it simple and easy and confidential for a family member or a church or an organization to sponsor somebody for therapy. So we'll make sure the consents are signed. um, And the consents are for really the financial part. It's not like, oh, I sponsored you. So I get to know how you're doing in therapy and what you're working on. You don't, that is... You know, kept out of it, but you do uh, sign off the release that someone knows that I showed up or not, because then we ask them to pay. So we we just facilitate that whole process, so it's not so awkward for the client to go ask for the help from somebody else or for someone to offer it. So we facilitate that. Um, we facilitate that even for organizations and corporations if they sponsor their own employees. You know, an example might be um, maybe they've got somebody on probation. You know, as an employee, and they want they They don't want to lose them. They want to invest in them. They think it's a mental health issue, and that if they made a little progress that they could keep them as an employee. I think that's so uh, valuing of people and employees. And so we will facilitate that kind of thing too. and and maybe maybe they really do the the or sponsoring organization really does need to know a little bit about progress being made. So we will hand tune what's in those consents so that, Uh, progress can be made and people can be sponsored Um, so that's just what we do we work really hard to facilitate those sponsorships
0: awesome any last uh, ways that we do also um, continue to help uh, financially
1: well yeah, I think you kind of hit on it when you talked about our fundraising campaigns. Um, but the truth is, what we do is discount fees. So we just literally lower the rate for people who apply for financial aids. And that's kind of our core thing. By raising money on one end, we reduce on the other. And we made a commitment at Wellspring to take 10% of our revenue budget. And that's the amount, at least, that we give away in discounts every year. So we literally tithe our own money coming in um, in order to give discounted fees for people who apply. And it just feels really good. Our goal is to get people in. If they want therapy, we try to find a way. They've got to invest some. We invest some. Uh, Their family and community invests and grants. And so somehow we try to find a way. And, you know, that's what we work really hard at.
2: And so uh, one of the things that we're asking you to do is if you're listening, if you benefited from this show, if you've benefited from the podcast, if you sent a child to one of our bounce camps, uh, would you consider making a gift or would you consider reaching out to family and friends or talking to your church to make a sponsorship? It's really a team organization. And, and so we need your help in that. This is something that we can't do on our own, but we need a network of people that have been touched by the show. Uh, this free show that we provide to maybe make a one time gift or a monthly gift or to mobilize people in your family to give. Maybe you're uh, financially at a place that you can't give, but you, you know people that could give and who contribute because you've seen it firsthand.
0: It does make you- an impact in people's lives and a generational impact when people get help.
1: You wrap that up well, Eric, and, and our verse for Wellspring is Proverbs four twenty three. above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life, and really, this is about guarding our hearts so that we can live, live well, love well, uh, serve well in, in our lives, in our community, and, and literally just be happier, more abundant lives, and so uh, to do that, we have to guard our hearts, and, and that's what counseling is about.
0: Thank you both. Um, Obviously, we hope this podcast helps demystify the money sense of counseling and why supporting mental health is a valuable cause. That leads us to our wrap up. um, Why support the cause of mental health?
2: Mental health is a key issue. I think it's been at the forefront of our country right now. And so, but how much better is it when we're dealing with something, whether it's a trauma or a marriage issue or depression? Like, it's easy to try to rescue somebody and end up drowning yourself. And so whether you're at a church and it's somebody in your small group or somebody in your family, if you feel the effects of it, and so why not get professional help? People that are trained with eating disorders and, and not just trying to figure it out, not just trying to hide that and keep that a secret. You know, why not help your kid that's depressed because they've been on Zoom for too long. They're not seeing their friends. Why don't you talk to people that have helped others and therefore it's benefits you, your family, your church,
1: Yeah, I I think, you know, why support the cause of mental health? Because people need help, as Eric's described, and because therapy actually works. That's right. That's it. That's our wrap-up. So thank
0: you again, both of you. Um, Is there any other way that people can support the cause of mental health? Last, anything?
2: Just give and encourage other people to give. Uh, Sponsor people that you know in your family. So don't be afraid to reach out. If you've got questions on how to do that, come to our website, call, email.
0: And normalize it. I think normalizing the process Mm -hmm. of getting help, right? I think um, all of us have at some level gotten help, at least here um, in our organization. We do believe that and we believe we should do our own work. So um, continuing to destigmatize mental illness.
1: And then if you can donate, uh, that'd be great. Give Miami Day or go to our website. We have a donor page um, or offer to help a family or friend. in this process and that's how you can support our our cause of mental health yes
0: awesome thank you donate 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 it it will be a, a benefit to someone so it's time to close out this show thank you all for joining us today we hope you learned something new today about mental health and have been encouraged to support mental health for someone you know or through wellspring again if you joined this program midstream you can find this show and others on podcast at Wellspring on the Air, or on our blog on wellspringmiami.org. Encourage us and let us know you're listening by sending comments or questions to ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. It's time to wrap up. This is Nicole with Wellspring on the Air, because hearts and minds matter.